0: Good, let's jump into our Bible study. And our Bible study today comes from the book of Mark. Let's go to Mark. We've got a passage here to read. Ooh, that's not the right one. This is the right one. Let me find the right one.
1: Is it Mark 7? Scrolling,
0: scrolling, scrolling. Mark chapter 7, that's right. Verse 24. Let's start in verse
1: 24. Okay. So, then Jesus left Galilee and went north of the the region of Tyre. He didn't want anyone to know which house he was staying in, but he couldn't keep it a secret. Right away a woman who had heard about him came and fell at his feet. Her little girl was possessed by an evil spirit, and she begged him to cast out the demon from her daughter. Since she was a Gentile, born in Syrian Phoenicia, Jesus told her, "First I should feed the children, my own family, the Jews. Isn't it right to uh, it isn't right to take the food from the children and throw it to the dogs?" she replied that's true lord but even the dogs under the table are allowed to eat the scraps from the children's plates good answer he said now go home for the devil has left your daughter and when she arrived home she found her little girl lying quietly in bed and the demon was gone
0: Okay, let's, uh, let's talk about this story. This is a very, very special story that we've got right here. So, Jesus travels to a northern region. He's up in Tyre and in the region of Tyre and Sidon. Mm-hmm. What you've got in the world at this particular point in time is a fairly wide Jewish diaspora. And, you know, obviously, they're not too far from the Jewish homeland. Mm-hmm. You've got a lot, of, a lot of Jewish people who are living in this area, and most of them were agricultural kind of people. So like and so that yeah, they'd be living out in farms, those kind of things. What's interesting is that the Bible says that Jesus goes into this home, hoping that no one would find him. Yes. <laughs> what do you think is going on here? What is Jesus trying to accomplish?
1: I'm not quite sure. He's trying to hide. He's, he doesn't want people to know what he's up to. I guess, or okay. he doesn't want the publicity.
0: Do you ever do you ever have an occasion to say, you know what? I need to have a little bit of a break and go west where, where no one knows me yeah yes okay so let me let me let you in on a little bit of a, a little bit of a tip here Renee yeah uh, Ministry is life in a fishbowl
1: Oh okay
0: this is this is this is your, your life this is what you have ahead of you Ministry is life in a fishbowl and you live with your life with everybody watching you. your church watches you. Your Bible study contacts watch you. The community watches you. And they kind of watch everything that you do. Mm. And Jesus was living in this fishbowl. And that can get actually surprisingly stressful at times. Mm. You sometimes need to have a break. And I know that for Shell and I, we often look forward to having a break, you know, hopefully once a year where we can get away for a couple of days and go where no one knows us. Mm. And this is what Jesus has done. He's gone up to... uh, to this northern region, there are some Jewish people up there. Uh, He obviously knows someone there because he's gone to stay in their home. He goes to stay in their home and the word gets out. He's just a little bit too famous. Yeah. Okay, there's probably a very, very good reason, very specific reason why he went that particular uh, direction. Um, and we're going to talk about that in just a moment. Before we do, a few text messages to deal with. I, forgot to, I, knew, there was some, I knew there was something I'd missed. Text
1: messages. That's text right. messages. I we're going to catch up on our text to.
0: messages. If you'd like to share your thoughts on any of the stories we've shared or the interview or the Bible study right now, we'd love to hear from you. Don't hesitate to give us a call. Mm-hmm. Don't hesitate to send us a text message. Yeah. numbers are?
1: The numbers are 1-800-324-843 or text us in at 491 64
0: Okay, so just uh, on the American elections, the polls are wrong because the information given is no longer the truth. God will always um, help his people. Uh, he is the master chess player. The game is actually between Satan and God. Sometimes God allows Satan to win the battle or win a battle, but God always wins the war.
1: I like how yeah you said, they, they, they're saying basically God is still in control. Yes. I agree.
0: And sometimes bad things happen here and you look at what is happening and you say, Well, you know, God is not in control of this. Satan is winning this one. But ultimately when you read the Bible, and this is part of the reason why we're doing, you know, America and the end, mm-hmm. is because a lot of people are looking at it and going, you know what, that's just really, really uh, that's that's very, very, you know, uh, dodgy, what's happening in America right now? You know, where is God in all of this? And one of the reasons we're we're running America in the end is to show that yes, God is here. God hasn't gone anywhere. He's still here. He's still working. I love that. Yeah, uh, God is here. Yes, nothing he is. Nothing is forsaken us. Nothing has forsaken us, and there is a plan. Yeah. Because when you know how the book ends, yeah, uh, it ends in victory, and that's just great.
1: Ooh, Amen.
0: Somebody, another text message here. I uh, watched America in the end again last night. Excellent presentation. Many hey. people would not know the things you said. Don't miss it. Your life depends on it, <laughs> as all our decisions are made by what we know and believe. Oh. Okay, so that's, that's a pretty strong recommend, recommendation there. Your life depends on it. Your
1: life depends You've on it. You heard it from a
0: listener. <laughs> Don't take my word from it. Oh. You've heard it from a listener. Your We've life got depends cool on listeners. it. Some cool listeners. Praise God.
1: Thanks for texting in.
0: All right, so getting back to our story, Jesus is up here in the north. He's gone into he's looking for a bit of a break.
1: Mm.
0: Now, Jesus being Jesus, uh, he went there because this woman was there, and his disciples need a lesson. They need an object lesson. They need to see something, and he's going to teach a lesson by going there. Can I just
1: say, whenever he takes a break, there is. He always gets into these situations where it's more one-on-one yes. kind of thing, where he does yes. still manage to teach That's a lesson.
0: Right. Yes, sits by the woman, sits by the well in Samaria because he wants some time out. Yes, ministers to a woman. <laughs> it's kind of the story of his life. Yeah, he goes there to take a break, and as a result of that, uh, he. He bumps into this woman, and uh, what takes place next is going to shock everyone. You're listening to The Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. So he's kind of up there in this border region. He's in, he's in the region of Tyre and Sidon, and so this is what we call Lebanon today. Somebody hears that he is there and turns up. Okay, what is Unusual. About this situation.
1: Well, this woman is not a Jew. She's a Gentile, okay. and she's asking this Jewish man, Jesus, for yes.
0: she has a request. Why would that be weird?
1: I guess because have you have you
0: never had someone other than a uh, Polynesian person ask you a request?
1: I mean, they have, yeah, yeah. So I guess, hmm, <laughs> you got me there.
0: <laughs> well, it's like this: the culture was different then. Hmm. And particularly the Jewish culture. So, you had this uh, agrarian society, we had this, uh, you know, a farming community in the north made up of Jewish people. Then, you had your local Lebanese community uh, living in the cities, and the Jewish people looked down on the Lebanese people or the. You know, um, Phoenician people or Phoenician people, whatever you want to call them, you know, according to history. But we would just call them Lebanese people because that's who they are. The Jews looked down on them because they weren't Jews. Uh, The people in the city, as in your Phoenicians or Lebanese, they looked down on the Jews because they were farmers. So everybody kind of looked down on everybody else. (laughs) But not only that, you had a Jewish culture in which... A Jewish person would never touch a Gentile, would never go under the roof of a Gentile, would never touch something that a Gentile had touched. And if he did, he would instantly uh, wash himself and make himself clean because he somehow had contaminated himself with Gentile, had Gentile on his fingers. Let me wash that off.
1: (laughs) I guess with that in mind, if that was the case, I would not approach someone who was if i was a if i was a jew i would not approach a gentile uh-huh. cuz i'm like ugh. Uh-huh. so why would this gentile approach me you know
0: that's right and if you knew that jewish people thought that way about you mm. would you go to them for no no no, no. it's like would i would not want to have anything to do with anyone who is that arrogant yeah really i mean that's how we look at it today um, if somebody's going to be arrogant like that, it's like, well, there's other people that can help me and there's other people that uh, I can hang out with and be friends with. I don't need to deal with that kind of thing in my life.
1: Was it true that the re- Jews thought Gentiles as, as like dogs?
0: That's right. The Bible says, and um, from history we know, that for a Jewish person, the lowest animal in the world was a dog. What's the What's the lowest, filthiest, dirtiest, most grossest animal to you?
1: Uh, pig <laughs> or like, pig, yeah, or like just rats and yeah.
0: And even in today's society, you know, to call someone a pig is an insult. It is. Uh, but yeah, rats—they're not very nice either. Yeah. And so, for the Jewish person, anybody who was not a Jewish person is less like they're just a rat.
1: Oh, that's they're, a really mean you know, thing. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. they're
0: just—they're just a rat is all they are. Mm. And that's what they're saying is they're a Jew. They're just a dog. Mm. Now, of course, we love dogs. Yeah, we do. (laughs) And the Gentiles back then loved dogs as well. And it actually comes out in this story. Oh, It's it's really interesting. Because a Jewish person would never, ever have a pet dog. Like not in any circumstances whatsoever at all, because that dog would be constantly making them unclean.
1: Ah, okay.
0: It was an unclean animal. Okay. And so they never had pet dogs. They kind of, you know, they missed out a little bit there, but uh, that's a bit sad because dogs are man's best friend. Did you know that dogs get more positive endorphins from human interaction than what they do from dog interaction? No. They're the only animal in the world that actually gets a better result and is closer to humans than its own species.
1: That is so odd, but cool.
0: It's very, very cool right there, and which just goes to show, you know. dogs How about would, cats? Uh, no, completely oh. different. Country. Unfortunately, I hate to disappoint you this morning, but uh, cats have no interest in you as a person other no. than they are your owner.
1: <laughs> I disagree on the grounds of my feelings. Don't like that.
0: <laughs> you do know why a cat rubs themselves against your leg and particularly well, uh, yeah. rubs the side of their mouth against yeah. your leg. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why. I just because there's scent it. glands there and they rub those scent glands on anything that they proclaim ownership over.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <So> <laughs> it's like, yes,
0: <laughs> I am the master. No. This is my pet. That's basically what a cat's saying.
1: No. No. <laughs> oh.
0: Ah, see, you got me sidetracked here under my favourite rant. Um, Producer Shell is in today. It's nice to have Producer Shell with us. Yeah. And she is um, kind of laughing her head off at us. Anyway, we will forgive you for having a cat, maybe a little bit, kind of. (laughs) (laughs) Where are we up to? We're talking about dogs and and the Jewish attitude towards dogs.
1: Yes, yeah.
0: Okay, so um, this is very common. Mm. Jews would would talk about Gentiles, they're just dogs. They're just rats is all they are. Mm. Uh, we use that, you know, when we talk about, uh, you know, some kind of like minor birds or something like that, which are an introduced species. Mm-hmm. We call them rats with wings because we like to insult them. Oh, 100%. percent invasive, hundred awful, horrid kind of thing. That yeah, yeah, we just don't want around. Rats of the sky, rats of the sky. It's all out. <laughs> and so this is this is what they're doing. They're just like very very insulting. Yeah. Okay, so you've got this woman. The first thing about this woman is that she's a gentile. She's somebody that. Jesus, as a Jew, culturally would be expected to consider just a filthy dog.
1: Mm.
0: Secondly, within her own culture, which is a Lebanese Hellenistic culture, she's a woman. And that makes a big difference. We were talking about Yemen earlier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And how that, you know, I've been in countries like, uh, in the, in the Middle East like this. And you see the public, uh, the, the public, um, transport, you know, the bus, you know, how a bus, public transport bus has two doors, one halfway down and one at the front. Mm -hmm. All the men sit at the front. All the women sit at the back. Wow. Because women are just not worthy to sit at the front of the bus. Hmm. They're not worthy to have, um, access to the best seats and the best service and so forth. And you sort of see that. It's like, oh, that's a bit cold. But it's nothing like the contrast that existed in the Middle East back in the time of Jesus. And for you know these women in Yemen that we were talking about to go out and to build their own power supply for themselves and their community is pretty unheard of. Uh, but for a woman to go and to seek help rather than getting her husband to do it is just, you know, that's even way more unheard of. And not only that, not only do you have a woman here who's being proactive, but she's going to a Jew. Mm. And she's going to somebody who she knows is going to treat her like a dog and consider her to be on the same level as a dog. And so she turns up at Jesus, and this is a really weird story because it's almost like Jesus is just super cold.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> what are those verses there? Can you find those verses for us real quick where mm. uh, she makes that request and then Jesus makes that reply?
1: Yeah. Jesus says, first I should feed the children, my own family, the Jews. It isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs.
0: You know, so Jesus draws an analogy here and is like, well, you know, if I was a parent and my children were hungry, I wouldn't take the food that they were eating and feed dogs with it. Mm. And we wouldn't do that today either. Yeah. You know, we would we would preference the life of our own children over the life of our pets. That would be pretty hard for some people. That might be very hard for some people. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the reality is when it all boiled down, we would.
1: Yeah.
0: We would prioritise our own family members uh, who, were, who, who were human beings over the life of our pets. And uh, this is what Jesus is saying. It's like, why, why should I use my healing power and my healing energy to heal you when there are so many Jewish people in trouble? Okay, so question. Was Jesus a racist? No. If Jesus wasn't a racist, why are there very few Gentiles that he ministers to and very few Gentiles that he heals?
1: I'm not sure. I would suspect maybe maybe they weren't It's a tough question, isn't it? Yeah. Like they did they, there were a few gentiles that did come to him and he did go to them. He went to their towns. Yes. Um I don't know.
0: Okay, so this is a couple of instant a couple of uh, examples that we need to talk about. Hmm. First of all is that Jesus had a major major challenge in being able to reach the Jewish people and have credibility with the Jewish people. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Mark, when he records this story, kind of shortens it a little bit. That's kind of what Mark does with everything. His <laughs> uh, his his book is an abbreviation. So let's yeah. go back and have a look at Matthew's account. Matthew has some extra uh, statements here that Mark does not include because Matthew really talks about how the disciples reacted. So Matthew chapter 15, verse 21 to 28.
1: Then Jesus left Galilee and went north to a region of Tyre and Sidon. A Gentile woman who lived there came to him pleading, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, for my daughter is possessed by a demon that torments her severely. But Jesus gave her no reply, not even a word. Then his disciples urged him to send her away. Tell her to go away, they said. She is bothering us with all her begging. Then Jesus said to the woman, I was sent only to help God's lost sheep the people of Israel. But she came and worshipped him, pleading again, Lord, help me. Jesus responded, It isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. She replied, That's true, Lord, but even dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath their master's table. Dear woman, Jesus said to her, Your faith is great. Your request is granted. And her daughter was instantly healed.
0: Okay, so Jesus has gone up to this particular area, the Bible says, and entered into house, into a place. Um, he's gone there because no one knows him. He needs a break. He's gone there with his disciples and when Jesus is discovered at that particular location, um, they the disciples are like, well, you know, Jesus needs a break. Go away. <laughs> yeah. Don't be bothering him. He came here for a break. He's, he's, he's gone for some R&R out in the country. Leave him alone. And also you're a Gentile, so why would you be asking? And you're a woman, so why would you be asking? Mm. Just you know, and you know, Jesus is completely not saying a thing. It appears like he's ignoring her, but is he? Is
1: he? No.
0: No, he's not ignoring no. her at all. By the way, we forgot to have our quiz. Yeah? We need to have another clue for our quiz. <laughs>
1: another clue. Here we go.
0: Good thing of a producer Shell to be reminding me here. <laughs> Quick clue for the quiz.
1: Okay, so Samuel reaffirmed Saul's kingship in this city. Its name begins with a G.
0: Okay, city beginning with a G, where Samuel and Saul had yeah quite a bit to do with each other from time to time. If you look at the story of Samuel and the story of Saul, you'll find this particular town coming Mm, up. Yeah. Okay, if you know the answer, numbers to call are?
1: 1-800-324-843 or text us in at 0491-064-669.
0: Okay, so Jesus kind of ignores this woman and she keeps asking. So she's not giving up, is she?
1: Mm -mm, She's persistent.
0: That's right. And so then Jesus replies and says, look, I was sent to the Jewish people. I was not sent to the Gentile people. It's not right to take all the blessings that I've got for the Jewish people and to give it to the Gentile people. And he uses the word that, that she is familiar with, that the disciples are familiar with, that they are all expecting, and that is the word dogs. And what's her reply?
1: Her replies. even dogs are allowed to eat the scraps from the floor.
0: The crumbs from the master's table. Yeah. Okay, so this shows... A very big contrast between her as a Phoenician or as a Lebanese woman who had no qualms with having pet dogs because she would know that pet dogs will hang out under the table. We have a pet dog. He's an outside dog, but we have our lunch outside most days and he will hang out under the table. Yeah. He will beg for scraps. He will look longingly and pleadingly into everybody's eyes to get scraps. And the moment a scrap falls on the ground is like boom and he's onto it. <laughs> He'll
1: gobble it up.
0: <laughs> and she's basically saying, look, you let the slightest scrap of your grace fall and I'm going to snatch it right now in a second. I will not let it. I will not let it go to waste. This is a woman of tremendous faith right here. And so, when you next time that you are having a meal and there is your dog under the table, or if you're at somebody else's house and they have a pet dog and that pet dog is under the table, remember this story. And when you see a scrap fall or maybe get tossed in the direction of that pooch, just watch how quickly it's like bang and it's gone. And this is how the woman was responding to God's grace. Give me the slightest opportunity, I'll have that grace. Mm. That's a woman of great faith. And we would never have known that if she'd just come to Jesus and said, can you heal my daughter? And Jesus said, yeah, done. We would never have had an illustration of just how earnestly she was looking for God's grace Mm. and how highly she valued God's grace. If Jesus hadn't responded the way that he responded. This is Jesus, the master teacher. Jesus just does isn't just coming in and you know, doing something so that people can see what is right. He is doing it in a way that they will never forget it, and that two thousand years later we will still be talking about it. And he's doing it in a way that illustrates, okay, yeah, the disciples, they followed Jesus. They thought he was great. Lots of Jewish people followed Jesus and appreciated his healing and so forth. But here you've got a Gentile woman that says, you know what? Even the tiniest crumb of God's grace is enough for me. Yeah. She valued it more highly than anybody in the Jewish community because, you know, she was persistent. She wasn't going to let it slip, and she didn't care how much she got because she knew that one small small crumb would be enough. What an amazing woman we have here, a woman of faith. Mm. All right, so what does this story teach us about how Jesus... Himself taught others? That's the question that is asked to us here in the Bible study. And when I look at that question right here, the thing that stands out in my mind is that Jesus was doing something that was extreme to catch attention. Okay, he went up north to have a break, but he also went up north because he knew that woman was there and he knew how she would respond. And he knew that if he acted normally for a Jewish person, that it would reveal her faith and that then when he healed her it would serve as a rebuke to everybody who considered gentile people to be dogs hmm. so he's the master teacher right there you know he could have just like yeah 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 healed off you go it's great <laughs> you know um and everyone had gone wow well, that's a nice story and we probably would never have heard about it because there's thousands and thousands of miracles that we've never heard about but Jesus builds a contrast here. Okay, so the other question that we were talking about before was, you know, why was it that Jesus, you know, didn't spread his ministry around the world? Why didn't he have a global ministry? Why did he restrict it to the Jewish nation? And of course, the Jewish nation were the people who were who had the Word of God. They had been entrusted with the Word of God, so naturally, that's the place to start. Because they were the people who had the Word of God, God gives them the first chance. You've got the sanctuary service, you've got the Word of God, you've got object lessons, you've got everything around you. Uh, you have been my people for the last, you know, so many thousand years, and this is the logical place to start. You are the ones who are best qualified to become my missionaries. They didn't have to do a whole doctrinal course of Bible studies to understand what Christianity was, they just had to accept Jesus Christ. They already had everything else that they needed to have. And so. Jesus goes there first. Now, going there, of course, they developed this incredibly racist attitude which has got nothing to do with God or the Bible. Mm-hmm. But it was their culture, and because it was their culture, it meant that if Jesus spread his ministry all over the globe, he would be instantly ignored. He would lose all of his credibility. And so Jesus is above culture. He's above all of those kind of things. And, you know, sometimes... Um, Things don't happen as we desire. They happen as the desire of the for the desire of that woman there. It doesn't always happen that way, but it always happens for our best good. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Okay, it is now time for for for. Oh, uh-huh. Here it comes. It's coming sooner or later. <laughs> Where is it going to be? It ah, soon. I see, we caught producer Shell all off guard. Question of the day.
1: Oh, I love this job sometimes Does God still wink at ignorance today? If not, why? If yes, why won't he wink at the ignorance of those deceived into taking the mark of the beast? After all, if they were all deceived, it's not as though they purposed in their heart to do wrong Okay,
0: oh, sorry
1: And this is from a Townsville listener
0: Alright, so this is a really good question This is a really good question right here Because... It, uh, it points out the fact that for somebody to be truly deceived,
1: mm-hmm.
0: ignorance is a requirement. If you know it's wrong, you're not deceived about the nature That's of what true. you're involving yourself with.
1: Yeah, you're knowingly...
0: You've got your eyes wide open and you know what is wrong. Yeah. And so the Bible talks about two classes of people who receive the mark of the beast at the end of time. Mm. The Bible talks about those who receive it in their forehead. Or those who receive it in their hand. Mm. In the Bible, in your forehead, in your mind, or particularly even in even in uh, the way that you know human beings are just biologically made, the forehead is the part of your brain where moral decisions are made. And so some people they're not deceived. They know it's wrong and they choose to do it and they make a moral decision to serve Satan rather than God. And the Bible says, you know, this is why, you know, the people of the earth. Enforce the mark of the beast and then they deceive those that live on the earth. So you've got, you know, those who are doing the deceiving. Yeah. So those who are doing the deceiving, they know this is wrong. And they're receiving the mark in their foreheads. They've made a moral decision to do wrong. In the, in the Bible, the hand is a symbol of works. Now, to do works, you don't have to make any moral decision at all. You just do it. And so there are a bunch of people who do not make a moral decision to worship Satan, more or less, to be against God. And the Bible says that they receive the mark of the beast in their hand. So why are they then condemned if the Bible says, at the times of our ignorance, God winks out? Let's read what the Bible says here. So let's go to Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17, and we're going to look here in... Oh, where does it say this? Uh, About verse 30, something like that. Um, Yeah, there you go, verse 30. The times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. Okay, so when we read this passage right here, the Bible says that God basically turns a blind eye to those things that we are unaware of. In other words, God is not holding you accountable for something that you do not know. And deception implies Requires ignorance. Mm. Now, this is where some people read this passage a little too shallowly. Because God does not just require you to follow the truth that you know, but the truth that He has given you the opportunity to know. Let me give you an example. I've studied the Bible with people in the past, and you study about some of the moral requirements in Scripture. And then there were like, you know, what about my grandparents who are dead now because they never knew about those particular moral requirements of the Bible? Are they lost because they broke them? And so I take them to this verse and say, No, you know, times of their ignorance, you know, God doesn't hold people accountable for what they do not know. And so they're not necessarily lost just because of that. Then I've had people say, Okay, if that's the case, we need to stop our Bible studies right now. Because the more I learn about the Bible and God's moral moral requirements, the more I am accountable for and I don't want to be accountable for anything. Yeah. And it doesn't work like that because God has sent me or he sent you or he sent somebody else with the truth. And when you turn a blind eye to the truth, God does not turn a blind eye to your deception. And that's what you've got happening at the end of time. You have people who are deceived who have received the opportunity to hear the truth, and you can read that in Revelation chapter 14. You can read that in Revelation chapter 14, where uh, where the, the Bible says that the gospel, the truth, goes to the entire world. So every yeah. person, there's an angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto those that live on the earth, every nation, kindred, tongue, and being. So every person has the opportunity to hear the truth. Those that turn a blind eye to that opportunity to hear the truth, God does not turn a blind eye to their sin. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.